Ayo, so check this. The NFL comes through and says we're going with the double header on Monday Night Football. Love it. Sounds great. Then DraftKings comes through and says, hey, yo, we're going with the Millie Maker on the two-game slate, not the showdown slate. I say, okay, you know what? I'm going to come through and make a two-game slate video. So we already got the showdown slate video out because if you watched it, I made it yesterday before we got told there was a double header, before the Millie Maker became the two-game slate. And now it doesn't make much sense for me to only cover the $100,000 to first contest when there's a million-dollar Ruskies to first people on a two-game slate that, I mean, I wish Cam Newton was playing, right? I, hopefully he's going to be okay. But the Chiefs and the Patriots and then another good game, or at least maybe the only good game on the slate, depending on how well Brian Hoyer is going to play tonight for the Patriots, the reported starter by Ian Rappaport, the Packers and the Falcons. I do have a showdown video up for the Packers and the Falcons. I will be live tonight at 5.30 p.m. Eastern time for an hour going live to break it all down before this all closes up and finishes up Q&A taking questions for the probably the showdown slate as well but mainly the two games slate now that that's a million dollar ruskies because that's where I'm going to be playing most of my entries and most of my money tonight. Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, fellas, fellas, fellas. Last night and yesterday was a fantastic day. We were sweating a little bit. I was sweating a lot of it. We ended up taking down $17,000 Ruskies in profit after a little bit of a stat correction. Gave us a couple extra $1,000 Ruskies. So that was big fun yesterday. That was uh, my number one DraftKings week of the season so far. It was a very good week. Anytime you stack in the Dallas Cowboys, just continue to stack them, right? So a fun week, and I'm trying to roll that thing over now into this two-game slate where there's a lot of good contests, and there's a lot of ways to get different on two-game slates. I'm going to be playing a lot of lineups. We'll be talking about that on the show tonight on the live stream. But for right now, we're going to be breaking it down and giving you an idea of where you should be looking to go. And we're going to start it off with the quarterback position. But before we get into that, please do hit the like button on this video. Please do take a second of your time, hit it, hit the big old subscribe button that's popping up. We're going to hit 30,000 subscribers. I think this week we're like 500 away. Maybe we can get a nice little bump because of the Millie Maker tonight. I would greatly, greatly appreciate that. So thank you in advance. And this video is brought to you by Superdraft. And Superdraft is a multiplier format of which I will have projections out on Patreon. I have it for the showdown slate and I will also have it for not only DraftKings, but Patreon rankings, all that stuff linked down below. Superdraft's a multiplier format. So for example, on this slate, Pat Mahomes has a 1x multiplier. You can see that on the screen behind me. That means he gets his points multiplied by one times the points. So just his normal points. But if you play Matt Ryan, you get a 1.05x multiplier. So you get five times additional points. Aaron Rodgers, 1.2x multiplier, 20 times additional points for Aaron Rodgers scored today. So that's where you start to get a little bit creative with, you can play anybody you want, but you really have to try and find the value plays because you get a bigger projection on them. So you can check that out down below. And if you use the promo code Sal, just my name, S-A-L, you will get a 50% deposit match up to a thousand dollar Ruskies in a slow drip format. So be sure to check out Superdraft. They're the proud sponsors of this two game million dollar Ruski slate that we got from DraftKings now in this Monday night football two game double header. Let's start off with the quarterback position. So starting out with the quarterback position, you have decent quarterbacks on the slate and fair price quarterbacks. And there's one that's really going to stand out. I would assume for a lot of people, especially from a stacking perspective, a game flow situation. But right now what I'm looking at to start this thing off is $7,600 Patrick Mahomes. This game is going to look pretty nice with a 29.75 team implied total. They're six and a half point favorites right now. Are these Kansas City Chiefs facing a Brian Hoyer, not Cam Newton, New England Patriots team right now? So far in the season, Patrick Mahomes is number five in yards and number one in quarterback rating overall. The Patriots come through with a number eight pass rush and number nine in coverage in the secondary. Now Mahomes, number eight in air yards, is going to be looking downfield often. And the red zone, he has been very good this year with the number three overall completion percentage. Kansas City's offensive line has been very good so far. And although the Patriots have a very good defensive line in terms of pressure rate so far, it's still going to be a positive 43% pass block advantage, giving Mahomes a lot of time to continue to look deep for all the weapons that he has, according to Pro Football Focus. So yes, Mahomes is in play for me. All four of these quarterbacks, I'll get this off the bat right now, are in play for me. Tonight, I'll go through exactly which percentages I have of each of those quarterbacks. But as of right now, there's not a single one of them based on their price points, right? Obviously, Brian Hoyer's skill set compared to Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers and obviously Matt Ryan as well on the slate does not match up. But when you factor in that he's the minimum price $5,000 Ruskies, that's going to make a big difference if he goes for a 240-yard day and two touchdowns. That's a huge score for that price point in terms of the value it opens up 
at all the wide receivers. You can jam in all the studs there because most of the studs in the slate are going to be coming at the wide receiver position. But there's two stud running backs, in my opinion, that you can also get to. So we'll talk about how all that's going to pan out on the live stream tonight once the projections and my ownership is through. But right now, we're going to get into Aaron Rodgers. And on paper, it looks really good. The highest team total on the slate tonight is Aaron Rodgers and these Packers who continue to lead the league right now. Number one in overall scoring offense, number one in overall offensive line play. So that's going to help Aaron Rodgers. Number one pass blocking unit. This looks very good against that Atlanta defense that only ranks 19th in pressure. He's averaging 35 attempts per game, even in games where they're winning by a lot. He continues to throw in the second half. That's very good to see. Matt LaFleur's play calling from the middle of last year until really this beginning of this year, the past three games, has looked extremely well. It's looked like one of the best play callers in the entire NFL. If it keeps up at this pace, he might be the best play caller this year. The new Sean McVay, based on how you've been seeing his play calls the first three weeks. Very creative. Aaron Rodgers has thrown deep 22 times so far this year. 8.4 yards per attempt is number six in the league. A 31.75 team implied total with a 7-point favorite is the highest on the slate tonight. So that looks very good for everybody on this team. 25 red zone attempts is number two. He's fifth in accuracy. There's not going to be any Alan Lazard. He's going to be done. So you're going to see a couple of other wide receivers, maybe a Malik Taylor be active. Uh, maybe a little bit more run for Darius Shepard, who has not been good for this team dating back to last year. Rodgers has been good finishing QB2, QB15, and QB6 so far. He's definitely in play for me. And I like both quarterbacks. If you told me to pick quarterbacks uh, to choose from a, from a single game, it'd be both from this Green Bay and Atlanta game, where it looks like even if it's not going to be as competitive, the team totals look a little bit higher for each team. And that's when we get to Matt Ryan now, who's only $6,200. If you told me to pick one quarterback just to take right on this slate, none of them have crazy mobile upside. I would say Mahomes has the most mobility than Rodgers. Matt Ryan would be the guy that I would choose since there's not a lot of mobile upside, rushing upside for any of the quarterbacks to set them apart. At $6,200, he's in a good spot. Green Bay ranks 21st in pressure and 11th in coverage. But that 11th in coverage I talked about on the showdown slate, I think it's a little bit fraudulent. They got to face the Saints without Michael Thomas, right? Jared Cook got hurt like in the second quarter. They got to face the Lions in week two without any kind of Galladay. They got to face the Vikings week one before they let Justin Jefferson be a starting wide receiver and ball out for 100 plus yards in each of the past two weeks right now. So I think it might be a little bit fraudulent. Atlanta is number 20 in pass protection. So the Packers probably will be able to get there. Ryan so far ranks number four in the league with 42 and a half attempts per game. 18 deep attempts is only behind Aaron Rodgers. So expect a lot of big plays in this game, or at least the potential for them. He's number one in air yards. He averages 320 yards per game is number three. And he's been a little bit above average right now at a 7.5 yards per attempt. So Matt Ryan looks very good tonight at this price point of 6,200. And this is all assuming that Ridley and Julio Jones are going to play. Both of those guys are in. I like both of their matchups. I like Julio Jones a lot more, especially for his price point that we'll get to. But I would choose Matt Ryan if you're building one lineup as of right now. But again, this could change based on tonight's live stream. So be sure to hit the notification bell so you can learn about that. Because if Brian Hoyer starts to project out for me once I run projections, I'm recording this at like five in the morning. So I haven't ran projections yet for the two game slate. But if it projects out that he looks a little bit better, the issue there becomes if you want to stack at all, are you going to be stacking Brian Hoyer with like Julian Edelman and then kind of taking up a wide receiver spot there? That's where the upside comes in of trying to get all the other studs in your lineup. But I do think the price point is $6,200 is fairly cheap for Matt Ryan on tonight's slate. I was I was thinking that he was going to be somewhere around 6800 when I opened this up based on what his current showdown price is. And then for Brian Hoyer, I'm not going to break too much into it. He's expected to start, but he's not a definite start yet. They haven't made it official. It's just the report via Ian Rappaport. So I don't want to dive too deep into that in case some point during the day we get Jared Stidham and then I'll just update that. We'll have that news before the live stream starts either way. So I'll have the projection we could talk about. I'll have my ownership towards him and we can go from there. But either way, whoever it's going to be is going to be a very cheap price point. I hope it's Hoyer because we kind of know that Hoyer is going to be a little bit more active. Um, he's a little bit more proven, right? Uh, Stidham can have all the talent in the world, but Hoyer we've seen manage offenses in the past when he's had the opportunity to at least get you down the field for a couple hundred yards, whatever it might be. So now we move into the running back position. And as we do take a second of your time, please do hit that like button for me one time. I appreciate that. We're going to start off with the Packers here and Aaron Jones, the highest price running back as he probably should be on the slate. Look, his team's a touchdown favorite with over a 30 implied team total. Sometimes you just play the numbers, right? Sometimes you just look at Jonathan Bale's book, like he said a while ago before this became mainstream. He basically just said that running backs and 30 plus point totals are just very high total games that are going to be favorites, especially the bigger favorite. If you are the workhorse back, which Aaron Jones is sure he doesn't play 80% of the snaps, but his opportunity share is telling him that he is the majority opportunity share over 
60% opportunity share in the year, 62% to be exact, averaging 22.7 opportunities per game, six targets per game and 50 attempts on the year right now. The Packers have the number three run blocking unit against a below average 17th overall run defense of Atlanta. There's a good spot for Aaron Jones. There's not much to say. He's seeing an 18% target share, which will drop a little bit if indeed Devontae Adams is set to go tonight. Devontae Adams, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, all questionable tonight. I believe some of the Patriots receivers like Edelman is questionable with a knee, but he's been usually set up to go. 14 red zone attempts, number two in yards, 53 routes and 10 catches for Aaron Jones. Everything looks good. He's 7,300. If you can afford him, go for him. I want to prioritize the wide receivers on this slate because there's a lot of high upside ones. Devontae Adams, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, just to name a few. And that's mainly like the main ones, right? You can say Julian Edelman's a little bit in that category. Now, I personally want to be prioritizing on this slate, the high upside pass catchers. That means wide receivers and tight ends. For tight ends, it's basically just Kelsey, but there's a ton of good wide receivers on this slate. You have Adams, you have Julio Jones, you have Tyreek Hill, arguably three of the best four or five fantasy wide receivers. You also have Calvin Ridley. You also have Julian Edelman. So I want to be prioritizing probably getting four wide receivers in my lineups tonight. If you told me just to build a one optimal approach, obviously, if I'm going to be playing 150 and 20 max and all that stuff, I'll have three running back lineups as well. But right now, the wide receivers are who stand supreme. So maybe that's a way to get off of Aaron Jones or a reason to not play him is because there's a ton of great wide receivers. And then also another reason why is because there's a running back who was $1,100 less who looks similar to Aaron Jones, in my opinion. Now, maybe he hasn't been as productive as Aaron Jones, but he's getting similar opportunity. And that's Clyde Edwards-Lair. Clyde Edwards-Lair so far is a 14% run blocking advantage against the Patriots who ranked 25th first to run so far. He's number five in targets. He's number eight in red zone attempts and number three in goal line carries in the NFL. He's ran top 10 in routes run right now. And he's number eight in yards created. We got, we didn't get to see it week one. We got to see all the touches, 25 on the ground, no overall receptions. Then week two and week three, we got to see the receiving game really pick up for him. Now we get a situation in which we hope we get the receiving game early. And as touchdown favorites, we hope that we get the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire show later on, like they did last week. They kind of just pounded out the clock in the fourth quarter with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He saw almost double digit touches in the fourth quarter alone. So as I look at this, I'm early on leaning towards Clyde Edwards-Hilaire because he's $1,100 cheaper because it allows me at $1,100 to get up to that elite tier of wide receiver instead of the mid tier of wide receiver when we get to the next page. So Clyde Edwards-Hilaire right now looking like one of the best, if not the best running back play on the slate. After that, you have Todd Gurley, who look, his team's going to be implied for a lot of points, but they're touchdown underdogs right now. He's not as involved in the passing game at all right now, like we would like to see. He's going to face Green Bay, who's number 16 versus the run. Atlanta is number 21 in run blocking. He's played 55% of the snaps and still has seen 60% of the opportunities. Brian Hill broke off a long touchdown run last week, but Todd Gurley also had his best game on the ground, arguably 70 plus yards and a touchdown on the ground. He's seen 18.7 opportunities per game. So he's involved, right? Like I would expect Todd Gurley in this game to see 15 opportunities. It just depends. Are they all going to be on the ground? There might not be any Kenny Clark yet again for the Packers. He has missed the past few games, which is huge because that takes them from being a average to above average run stop defense to honestly a bad run stop defense. Or at least top five in the red zone right now in overall usage and touches with 14. So that's good to see. He's only seen a 5% target share, just three catches so far on the year. So this is what you're hoping out of Gurley. You're hoping for goal line touchdowns. Since he's getting so much usage right now, and this is a high total gain, even as an underdog, they got like a 25 implied team total. I do have Gurley in play for me. It's just, I would much rather pay $700 more for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And next up is a big reason why this slate overall kind of stinks for running backs, because you have all the Patriots on it, right? And all the Patriots are back right now. Happy to see that James White personal matter is back right now. We'll see how much he actually does play. He missed week two and three because of the personal matter. Seems like he's good to go. In week one, his role was kind of skewed because Cam Newton ran so much, ran two touchdowns in. But in week one, he did see 31% of the snaps, a 27% opportunity share, just five attempts and three targets. But it's pretty crazy that those three targets were 16% of the target share. So I do expect James White right now at the price point of $4,700 to be in play because Rex Burkett's 5K. And it makes sense. He scored three touchdowns last week, but that's not going to be the same case now that James White's back. Damian Harris, also important to point out, he's only $4,000. If he's 
active. I don't think he plays a lot. He probably won't even be active. We'll see right now. But see, he had a great camp. Number two overall pick last year for them. Now he's off the short-term IR for the first week. We'll see if he's back in time. I would not be shocked if he's active. I would not be shocked if he sees like 25% usage or all the usage in this Bill Belichick backfield, just knowing on what they do with their running back roulette. But I'm probably not going to be interested that much in Rex Burkhead. Look, they're going to have a good run blocking advantage, plus 71%. The Chiefs are number 29 versus run. The issue now is that they have at least three running backs that they're going to use and likely four running backs based on what we saw week one and just in the past. Rex Burkhead, James White, Sonny Michelle, all healthy. And Sonny Michelle coming off of his best game in a while where he had nine carries for 117 yards and he also caught two of his targets, which I don't know if he sees any targets now that James White's back, but Michelle is somehow, somehow a top 10 running back so far. Probably a small sample. It definitely is a small sample according to Pro Football Focus at number nine overall so far. He's seen 32% of the opportunity share, which is over nine touches per game. And he's seen right now five red zone attempts. So whether it's Damian Harris being active or them continuing to put JJ Taylor out there, who has been getting less usage, but he has looked good when he's out there. I would expect three to four running backs to be active tonight. I would say that I have some interest in James White, some interest in Sonny Michelle, since he seems to still be the red zone back and playing well, at least off of the last game. Maybe this zone read of Cam Newton is helping him, which again, if that's the case, if Sonny Michelle is thriving off of a little bit of the zone read of Cam Newton, like we've seen with Lamar Jackson's running backs, RG3's running backs with Alfred Morris back in the day. Well, Brian Hoyer being there today is definitely not going to be helping Sonny Michelle. So maybe we make him a no. Maybe we only look at James White right now at $4,700. I think I'm going to make Sonny Michelle a no. We'll see later on, right? Based on my final exposures, mainly because look, you're a touchdown underdog with no real passing game involvement. And now your running back or your quarterback who has been acting like a running back who's helping you get more running lanes is not going to be out there. So uh, the running back that I would want would be James White in that backfield right now. And then lastly, I'll just touch on Jamal Williams. Look, he's $4,100. I got him projected for like six and a half fantasy points, close to seven fantasy points right now. Green Bay is number three in the run blocking, like we said. So I have a good run blocking advantage. He's seeing 8.7 opportunities per game at $4,100, 8.7 opportunities per game and red zone usage right around two per game right now, 1.7 to be exact. He's seen 37 routes running five catches. So I mean, look, if you're going to average close to two red zone attempts, two receptions per game, overall close to nine opportunities per game, that's definitely going to be worth noting and having in a player pool. The one issue is that in week three, you only saw 26% of the snaps, which was a sharp decline. So be sure to keep a close eye on that. We could talk more about it later on tonight. Next up is the wide receiver position. And the wide receiver position is absolutely loaded on this slate. Man, I love this wide receiver position. And by all accounts, they're relatively affordable. Starting off with Devontae Adams at 7K. How do I not want to get to Devontae Adams at $7,000? I got him projected for like 22 fantasy points, over 22 fantasy points. He's going to have a strong matchup wherever he lines up. There's some injuries in the backfield and the secondary in Denard and some other players for the Falcons. It's just not that great of a coverage secondary in general. They played okay through the first three weeks in terms of their uh, second half performances, kind of boosting up their overall ranking in PFF to like a top 10 unit, but they're not a top 10 unit. Adams will get to face if healthy. Keep in mind, if healthy, if he's active, Isaiah Oliver. And what all the reports are saying right now, uh, Bramel, uh, one of the doctors right now, I think from football guys on Twitter, basically said that Adams is going to be healthy. He's going to be able to play um, and he's going to be able to play through it and play well. Like he's close to 100% as long as he goes. So that's good to know. Uh, Miller and Oliver will be the guys trying to defend Adams. Not even close. In weeks one and week two, which is basically a week and a half of play because he got hurt uh, right at the beginning of the second half. Honestly, the first quarter he got hurt and then he got banged up again in week two. 17 catches on 20 targets, 192 yards and two touchdowns. So there's nothing stopping Devontae Adams tonight. Over 30 implied team total. I want a lot of Devontae Adams. I also want a lot of the rest of these guys in this six game range. Starting with Calvin Ridley, I think he's the one that's probably the most overpriced relative to Tyreek Hill relative to his other teammate, Julio Jones. He's probably going to see Jair Alexander as Kevin King usually plays the higher and the taller cornerback, which would be Julio if Julio is active. Again, both Calvin Ridley and Julio are questionable. They got an extra day to rest. So keep an eye on that. Ridley's number five in routes run with 40 per. He's number eight in target share at a 28% target share. Keep in mind that one of these games, there was no Julio. So some things will get a little bit inflated, but he has looked good. He's number one in air yards. He's number one in red zone looks. He's number one in deep attempts right now with 10 deep attempts on the year, 16.6 yards per reception. He looks good. Yeah, I'm going to be planning on a two game slate to be stacking. So I'm fine game stacking. For example, if I want to go with Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, and bring it back with Devontae Adams, if I have enough cheap options, which I think there's enough on this slate, tight end position, punt the running back, whatever it might be, then yeah, I'm fine doing that. I'm fine game stacking on a two game slate. I know I'll get that question. And then 
Next up, Tyreek Hill. Look, Tyreek Hill will likely see some Jonathan Jones. He'll see some Gilmore. He's not going to be shadowed, right? Last time, every single time these teams play, you're not shadowing Tyreek Hill. It's impossible to shadow Tyreek Hill. He moves into the slot too much. He moves around the backfield too much. You're not going to shadow Tyreek Hill. So he'll see some Jonathan Jones. He'll see some JC Jackson. He'll see some Stefan Gilmore. I assume he'll see the most Jonathan Jones, but again, it's going to be kind of all over the place. The Patriots will usually let Travis Kelsey do some things and try and take away Tyreek Hill. Sometimes it works. It's like 50 50. Sometimes it works and sometimes he goes off for a huge, huge game. Now, right now, he's 13th in the league with 36 routes run per game. So far, you've been seeing him see a 20% target share on 7.7 targets per game. And on the season, 15 catches, 223 yards, and three touchdowns. Two drops so far. He's had a good season, $6,800 in play for me. But I do prefer the guy that we're going to talk about next as long as he's healthy at $6,000. I do believe that Julio Jones is the most mispriced player, both on the showdown slate and also this slate. I have him projected for like 18 fantasy points. He's just $6,000. Julio Jones right now, I prefer playing over Tyreek Hill and Calvin Ridley. Even if he was more expensive than then, I might be considering him over those guys. I have him looking very good. I have him matching up against Kevin King and Jair Alexander. The matchup against both of them is good. He has a huge weight and height advantage on Jair, and he just has a skill advantage on Kevin King. He did miss week three, but he's played 86% of the snaps through two weeks so far, 39 routes run, and 18% target share on eight targets per game. I like all this stuff. 11 catches for 181 yards, and he did get nicked up in game two, 16.5 yards per reception, and two deep targets per game. I think Julio right now might be my favorite wide receiver play on the slate at $6,000. I don't think that's going to surprise anybody. He'll likely be the highest owned because in my opinion, he's like $1,000 too cheap right now. And now we get to the first wide receiver from the Patriots, Julian Edelman. 5,300 looks like a nice price point. 72% of the snaps. He'll likely see some Tyron Matthew, which is just a neutral spot in my opinion. 29 routes run per game. He's seeing a 27% target share from Cam Newton. Keep that in mind. Eight targets per game. He's seen four red zone looks, which is eighth overall. He's number one in the NFL in air yards of your team's market share. 53% of this team's air yards. All this stuff is fantastic and dandy, but now you have Brian Hoyer there. I do think Brian Hoyer will look to his running backs, maybe the tight ends who aren't used that much. Ryan Izzo being the tight end number one right now with two rookies behind him in the Patriots uh, tight end room in Dalton Keene and Devin Asiasi. But Edelman would be the guy that does stand out to me. I do have interest in Edelman. I know it's Brian Hoyer, but Brian Hoyer has shown to be a competent backup quarterback. Again, this is assuming that the report from Ian Rappaport is correct that it is Brian Hoyer. If it's Stidham, I'm a little bit more worried, but Brian Hoyer has been shown uh, to be competent. And also the other thing is Brian Hoyer has been in this quarterback room now for a couple of years. He's been practicing with these guys, although not a ton of reps until this week on a first team offense. He has been practicing with these guys. And especially in the offseason, he was practicing with these guys before they signed Cam Newton. So I do think that at $5,300, because of the fact that Brian Hoyer is starting, you're getting a discount on Julian Edelman. And I like it. No Alan Lazard for the Packers. So MVS is now going to be the pretty clear wide receiver too. Does he move into the slot more now is the question though. He's $4,900. I have interest. I expect a role increase for him in overall snaps. He's played 25% of his snaps out of the slot. If we can get more MVS in the slot, that's fantastic. Yes, I know we like the deep targets down the field, but MVS moving out of the slot, like McCole Harmon, like Sammy Watkins do for the Chiefs, like Tyree Kill does for the Chiefs sometimes, creates a mismatch for you downfield against a worse cornerback. He's seen a 17% target share so far. He's seen 20.6 yards per reception, which is the upside on a two game slate that can really help you out. Number five in the league. The issue is he has five drops and that's been his issue since last year. So MVS at $4,900 is too cheap, in my opinion, to not be pretty strongly considered, especially with no Alan Lazard. But just keep in mind that he seems to be pretty one dimensional at this point. Similar things in the opposite variety could be said for Russell Gage, who is now healthy, cleared the concussion protocol on Friday, has another day to get all that uh, fog out of his head right now. So full practice on Friday, only eight routes in week three before getting concussed. And then Brandon Powell stepped in for him and ran 22 routes. In the slot, he'll see Chandler Sullivan, who's been pretty good for the Packers so far this year. He's kind of converted from a safety where he played back in the day to now going into the slot cornerback position. So that's good. In weeks one and week two, before getting injured in week three, he's had 15 catches on 21 targets. That is Russell Gage for 160 yards and a touchdown. The reason I say he's kind of the opposite of MVS is because uh, he has a pretty good role in his offense, but he's mainly the slot guy who's not going downfield all that much. I do think he's in play at $4,500 because look, I think that if Russell Gage is healthy and in play, you're probably looking at a minimum. He's basically been averaging like eight and a half targets per game where he's healthy since they traded away Muhammad Sanu to this Patriots team midway through last year. So he's in play for me. Then you get the other Chiefs receivers, Sammy Watkins, McCole Harmon, both in play. I think Sammy Watkins will see some Gilmore. I think McCole Harmon again will continue to split the snaps with right now, Demar- 
Demarcus Robinson. McCole Hardman so far this year is averaging about 20 routes run per game. Demarcus Robinson at a price point of just $3,300. It's averaging more, 25 routes run per game, but he's just not as efficient. Only a 9% target share, just 3.7 targets per game. All these Chiefs receivers will be in a player pool, meaning that when I go and crunch my 150 or 20 max lineups, I'm not excluding them. I'm not clicking the X to take them out because I think they're all in play and I'll see what the optimizer gives me right now. Demarcus Robinson, not getting a lot of usage, but he's on the field. A lot of usage in terms of targets, not a lot of production, but he's on the field a lot more than McCole Harmon. That's been the story now for a year and a half or at least a little bit over a year. And you saw it last week and McCole Harmon should have had two touchdowns if not overthrown by Patrick Mahomes in the second one against the Ravens. McCole Harmon, if he doesn't have as much usage, just 20.5 routes run per game, five less than right now. Robinson, he just has a lot more production because he's just that much better of a player. And then Sammy Watkins at 4,300. All these guys are in play. All the other Chiefs guys are in play for me. Uh, I'm just not going to have as much strong interest in those guys as I do in the Packers and the Falcons, number two and number three wide receivers. Nikhil Harry at $3,900. I like it. We'll see if uh, Brian Hurts starts to target downfield more Nikhil Harry because Nikhil Harry's right now at uh, yards per reception is just 9.7. No drops, 15 catches for 145 yards. He hasn't done much. He's not moving downfield all that much. He's just kind of running slant routes. Uh, he's on the outside. You would think he's going to get targeted more downfield. It has not been happening. A neutral spot against Rashad Fenton in this one, who was pretty solid last year. 80% of the snaps for Nikhil Harry this year, 27 routes run per game. A 24.5% target share is very good to see. And he's seen six red zone targets, which is number two in the league. The issue right now for Nikhil Harry is just, is his quarterback going to throw him the ball? I'm willing to take that risk on it at 3,900. And then outside of that, I'll just touch on the fact that somebody's going to be the wide receiver three for the Packers today. Last week, when Devontae Adams was out, it was Darius Shepard who ran 15 routes. On the depth chart, they say that Malik Taylor is the backup to Alan Lazard. Shepard's the backup to Adams. I don't know if they're going to really trust that depth chart or if they're just going to put Shepard out there again, who has not been good. Shepard had opportunities last game. He's very raw. He's undersized and he has not looked good so far. Last week, he ran 15 routes, his first routes of the year. He saw one target. He did not bring it in. And then I would guess that the other opportunity would go to Malik Taylor, who I currently have projected for more points because I project him to start. Just keep an eye on the Packers starters, right? We probably won't have this news though before the game starts tonight for Monday Night Football's first game. We'll have to see on that. But Malik Taylor maybe, and I would expect him to be active today with Lazard out. I would prefer to play Malik Taylor if he is active over Darius Shepard. I think he's a better skilled, a little bit bigger of a player and somebody that Rodgers might not trust more, but trust more than Darius Shepard, who all he's done so far is run wind sprints, not get any separation since the beginning of last year and drop a couple of passes last year as well. So that's where I'm at on those players. Uh, at least worth mentioning that St. Brown, if he's healthy, might actually be active for the Packers. He's had a role in this team two years ago before getting hurt last year. Just keep a close eye on who is active for the Packers. I do think Shepard will be active. I do think Taylor probably will be active as well. Next up is a tight end position. If you're still watching, please do hit the like button for me if you enjoy this video. Hit the big old subscribe button. We did the showdown video yesterday. We're working overtime and the overtime, if you will, right now for me. Hit the like, hit the subscribe button as it pops up on the screen and check out Super Jeff. It's linked down below, but if you just go over there and use the promo code SAL, S-A-L, it will give you a 50% deposit match up to $8,000. Ruskies, we can talk about some of the Super Jeff projections and multipliers on tonight's live stream. We can check all that out. I do have projections linked down below on Patreon, not only for Super Draft, but also DraftKings, rankings for cash games, rankings for GBPs, my projections, my top values, all that stuff will be linked down below on Patreon, not only for this two game slate, but the Thursday showdown slate, you'll have access to that 20 plus pages of game by game notes for the main slate, main slate projections, rankings, also having a closing thoughts podcast, data sheets, a lot of other stuff. So check all that out, link down below on Patreon, patreon.com backslash Sal underscore Vetri underscore to check that out. Tight end's pretty clear cut for me. There's like three, maybe three and a half viable tight ends on tonight's slate. And if Travis Kelsey's on that slate, we want to try and prioritize him. This is why I'd rather prioritize tight end because Travis Kelsey can go out and score 25 points at the tight end position. Yes, Bill Belichick can try and take him away, but then Tyree Kill is going to get you. So it's really hard to take all these guys away. So if Travis Kelsey goes out and scores 25 points at the tight end position and all the other tight ends are scoring like seven, eight points, right? I know some of the other ones can score more than that, but let's just say that you're getting a huge leg up on the field at the tight end position. That's really hard to make up for. So that's why at the positions like running back, although Aaron Jones looks amazing, that I'd lean if you're playing one lineup to prioritize like the tight end position with Travis Kelsey, some of the wide receiver studs, and just go down to Clyde Edwards Lair and just try and fill in the blanks. The issue with doing that though is obviously that like Clyde Edwards Lair and Aaron Jones are the clear best running backs in the slate. You have to try and force in one of the Patriots running backs or Todd Gurley after that. So that is your decision point on do you want to play the two obvious running backs in the slate or do you want to get up to the top end tight end? And if you want to do all three of those 
things, well, then you're probably missing out or playing Brian Hoyer and missing out on one of the top or two of the top end wide receivers. Like I think prioritizing Kelsey, Devontae Adams, and Julio Jones is pretty important on this slate. And going from there, at least it looks like in a one lineup span, but we'll see how it ends up turning out in my 150 lineup exposures later tonight. Kelsey 6,500, you know how good he is, at least on DraftKings. He has a 1X multiplier in Superdraft, makes him not as appealing over there. 18.6 fantasy points per game, leads all tight ends, 10.8 yards per reception. He's seen three red zone looks, no drops so far in the year. He's played 88 snaps, 29% of those snaps out of the slot. He's number two for tight ends in 39 routes run on the year and a 23% target share on nine targets per game is number two in the NFL. He looks pretty damn good. Now, Hayden Hurst here at 4,200. It's a huge drop-off. So if you want to fade Kelsey, yeah, you're going to save a lot of money naturally here. Average spot versus Green Bay and Ty Summers. He's played 68% of the snaps and he's sixth overall. So his usage in routes run, 33 per game is very good. Inflated a little bit from week one where he ran like 50 routes. 13% target share on 16 targets so far. So seeing a little bit over five targets per game, 5.3 to be pretty much exact. Three deep targets so far, nine catches, 111 yards and two touchdowns for Hayden Hurst. Last week, he just saw like one catch in the end zone for a touchdown. Like he's been decent, right? Julio Jones back right now. Russell Gage's role has been increasing this year i think he's the fourth option on his team in the passing game which is the concern whereas kelsey is arguably the 1a or 1b in that offense so that's where the concern starts to come in the next guy robert tonyan there's an argument that he's the number three option in his passing game if Devontae adams is healthy i would go adams and then probably aaron jones number two and then like 3a 3b with mbs and robert tonyan at least if you're looking at the past two weeks robert tonyan last week five catches 50 yards and a touchdown on five targets 20 routes run so far in 2020 he has 67 routes run 41 more than any other green bay tight end with an asterisk noting that jay sternberger did miss week one their backup tight end but he's produced seven catches, 75 yards, two touchdowns on eight targets, 61% of the snaps and a 13 and a half percent target share for Robert Tonyan. And he's being used a lot more. The last two weeks is the most we've ever seen Robert Tonyan use in back-to-back weeks. Two weeks ago was the most. Last week was then the new most for Robert Tonyan's routes run and overall usage. So I do like Robert Tonyan over Jay Sternberger for $600 more. Sternberger got all the hype this offseason. He got hurt in camp. It pushed him back a little bit. He's only ran 17 routes this year, but eight of them did come last week. But this is the thing. He ran eight routes. He was targeted three times in those, caught all three of them for 36 yards. We need to see more usage. When Robert Tonyan's running 20 routes to Jay Sternberger's eight, even though Sternberger did produce on those eight routes run, that is not sustainable in my opinion. So I do prefer Sternberger over Jace and all the other tight ends don't stand out. Mercedes Lewis is mainly a run blocker. Ricky Seals Jones and Devin Asiasi are backups for the Chiefs and the Patriots. Ryan Izzo would be the only one maybe worth punting at $2,800. And even if he gets you a zero, like a lot of people took zeros with Adam Trotman yesterday, and people are still able to win top prize pools, right? So even if he gets you a zero, Ryan Izzo, 87% of the snaps, he is running 21 routes per game. Maybe, maybe this is the guy that Brian Hoyer looks to a little bit more. He has only seen a 6%, 5.6% target share with Cam Newton. So there's a couple ways to look at this, right? You can either pay up for Travis Kelsey, and that's more of like a cash game play. GPPs, I still think it's fine, right? Right? There's a huge price difference between the tight ends here and also a huge ceiling difference between Travis Kelsey, who can score 30 plus points, and all the other guys in the slate who maybe Hayden Hurst can get to like 15, right? Maybe Tra- Robert Tonyan can get to 15, right? And that's assuming that like they don't score two touchdowns. Like Travis Kelsey can get to 30 points without scoring two touchdowns, right? He can go for 125 plus yards, eight to 10 catches in a touchdown. There's another way to be said that says, you know what? If I want to play all the wide receivers, if I want to play all the running backs too, fuck it. What if we play at Ryan Izzo today? And if you play Ryan Izzo at $2,800, even if he gets you zero points, it could stay pay out, still pay out for you because it allows you to get all those studs in. But what if Ryan Izzo goes out there, runs his 20 routes, he's four targets, catches three of them for 30 yards. You know, six points out of him might not be the worst thing. He's averaging 2.5 on the year, but maybe this quarterback change is actually a way to kind of say, you know what, the uncertainty can mean that it's going to help Ryan Izzo. If you want to play that card, I do like it. I do like the opportunity to punt tight end with Ryan Izzo today. So that's where I'm at right now. This is the two game Monday night million dollar maker slate. Again, I'll be live at 5.30 p.m. Eastern time tonight to kind of go over the slate. I'll do all my projections, my exposures. I'm going to play 150. I'm going to play 20 matches. I'll probably play single entry and three max. Probably won't play cash, but I'll play all that stuff. So be sure to check it out 
that. We had a very good week. We blow down $17.7,000 Uskis. We got like a $3,000 uh, stack correction overnight, which was fun to wake up to this morning. I hope all you did well. I saw some people in the Discord did very well. I saw some people on Twitter did very well. So shout out to all of you. Let's get some more going tonight on this two-game slate. And before you go, hit the like button for me. Hit the big old subscribe button as that bad boy pops up. And also check out Super Draft. Link down below. Promo code SAL. Get you a 50% deposit match up to $1,000 Uskis. Again, that's promo code SAL. SAL lets them know that you came from me. Thanks a ton in advance, guys. The content schedule for the rest of the week will be posted on my Twitter at DFS and all my exclusive content, tools, projections, rankings, all that is linked down below on Patreon. Peace out, gang, and I'll see you later tonight at 5.30 p.m. Eastern time for our live show.